Hi, you guys. Welcome back to the Uptown Rundown Podcast. My name is Norris, and in today's episode, we have quite a few topics. I don't know how I'm going to get through all of them, <clears throat> plus my throat feels so dry. This this podcast is already starting off raggedy. I didn't drink enough water, um, so I'll probably stop and take a water break here, here or there. Um, and I don't edit these, so you're just going to hear the water going. <laughs> okay, so... Um, so this episode, um, is, so most of my episodes, I think, are going to be in this type of fashion, where I go through a bunch of topics, a few topics, um, some important stuff, and, um, yeah, that's basically what it's gonna be. So, let me tell you what the topics are, and we'll see which ones we get to. So I want to talk about Creepy Cuomo. I want to talk about him. <laughs> I want to talk about the trial, you know, the trial, the Derek Chauvin. Tr- Chauvin? Is is that how you say his name or is it Chauvin? But anyway, I want to talk about that trial. Um, I want to talk about um, this Grand Theft Auto situation in Illinois. It's such a stupid story, but so it touches on a bigger topic. I want to talk about Harry and Meghan. I want to talk about voter suppression in Iowa and I want to do um, something, I think I'm going to call it Corona Watch. Um, just like highlighting what these, idiot, what these idiotic states are doing. Um, but anyway, so let's talk first. Let's talk first about, um, let's talk about Creepy Cuomo first. You guys, this is so crazy. So Andrew Cuomo, the current governor in New York, um, if you don't know who he is, you might have heard of Chris Cuomo, his brother, who is a news person on CNN. They they have done quite a few things back and forth. Like, like Andrew Cuomo will be on Chris Cuomo's show, and they'll be, like, arguing. They'll be like, Mom said, that, like, stupid stuff, and it's supposed to be cute, but it's not when you're 45 and 55. Like, that's not cute, you know? <laughs> but anyway, um, so Andrew Cuomo is in a lot of trouble right now, so... Let's talk about first. So there's this nursing home situation. I really am not even too sure what is really going on here. So apparently he um, was the the one who allowed sick people. So some people from nursing homes had corona. And instead of quarantining them elsewhere... He said, no, you can just go back to the nursing home. And then, you know, in the nursing home, and then in said nursing homes, if people did die from corona, as expected, um, and apparently lots of the numbers for New York State as a whole, corona numbers, a lot of those were, were, you know, tampered, not, not tampered with, but apparently he fudged some of the numbers. Um, is any of this surprising, you guys? politicians sort of, you know, doing something they probably shouldn't have been doing, but then also trying to cover their track. We are not surprised about any of this stuff. Um, so not only is he dealing with that, um, there are now numerous calls for his resignation, which I'm kind of like, what? So, so here we go. So we have not two, not three, not four, not five, but six women who are coming forward one by one 
and saying that Andrew Cuomo, that's why I call him Creepy Cuomo, because he has apparently um, acted in inappropriate ways <coughs> with at least six women. And, um, and, I, and, and, and I believe every word of it. Let, let me tell you why. I believe every word of, out of every one of these women's mouths. Because what do they gain? If they come forward, what do they gain? You really gain nothing. You gain nothing when you come forward and speak out against a machine. You gain nothing when you come forward and speak, against, speak out against a government. You gain nothing when you come out and speak against a large corporation. You, you gain nothing when you come out and speak against something or someone very powerful that has done you wrong. Nothing. You really gain nothing. You actually stand to lose everything. You stand to lose a lot. A lot. You stand to lose your livelihood. You stand to lose your life, honestly. 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 You really stand to lose a lot and gain absolutely nothing. Um, and why do I say that? It's because like none of these women are ever going to be able to work in this type of capacity ever again. Ever again. They, they, they will be blackballed because everyone's going to be afraid of something else happening. That no one's going to ever have them hired in their political office ever again. None of them. None of them. Um, but these women, these people come, come, come forward in an effort to prevent this from happening again. Um, and, and I am all for it. I stand with whistleblowers. I stand with sexual abuse accusers. All of them. So if you say that someone's done you wrong, period, then you immediately have my support. Immediately have my support. I know that in, you know, the United States court of law, what, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. But I'm sorry, in the court of public opinion, over which I am the judge... You, you, you already are guilty, especially if you're rich, if you're rich, right? If you're rich, then you are automatically guilty of just about everything that they accuse you of. Until you prove me wrong, you are guilty. In my mind, Andrew, you are guilty. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, And so many people, it's so funny how the tables have turned on Andrew Cuomo, right? Um... Last summer, you know, during Corona, everyone was praising, was singing Andrew's praises. Oh, Cuomo for president because of the way he was handling Corona in New York. Oh, this is how you handle a virus. Remember what, remember what he was doing, those daily talks? Like, he, he, he kept those daily Corona briefings. He kept that up for a good while and gave him a lot of... Um, uh, a lot of social, sta- yeah, like it did him a lot of good. That was a really good political move, right? He really did. He really outdid himself with with, with that one. Like if you're if you're gonna look good during a virus, this is how you do it. And he really did that. All of you were singing his praises. All of you were, I mean, all of you were like licking his pierced nipples. All of you were unzipping it. Honestly, you guys were really doing a lot. And now look, now look. <laughs> Now look, now all of you out there are like, you need to resign. All of you out there are saying you need to quit immediately. Andrew said he's not going nowhere. He, 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 he said, screw all you guys. I'm not quitting. <laughs> um, Letitia James in New York is like, you need to go. Um, all, of course, all the Republicans 
and Fox News correspondents are saying you need to go. Hannity's saying you need to go. Ingram's saying you need to go. Um, it's kind of funny how he has to go, according to these people, especially when the conservatives are saying you need to go. It's pretty funny when they're saying that, when no one cared about anyone else's sexual allegations, no one cared about Trump's allegations, and there were, how, there were two, three, how many hundred were there, you guys? There were so many. We even know, I mean, we know he paid off Stormy Daniels, um, not that that was a, um, sexual abuse allegation, but you would think if you're so pious, right, that you, that 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 would be enough for people to be like, oh, you should probably quit. You know what I mean? Like, if you're so pious and you're so against, like, sexual impurity, then it's kind of like, you know, like, at this point, you, you, these conservatives, you guys gotta pick one. Um, you can't stand on both sides. You can't look at one sexual abuse allegation and then look at another a different way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Especially when one person has 300 more allegations against them. Come on. Come on now, you guys. Um, but do I expect conservatives to make sense? No. No. No, I really don't. Yeah, no. No one cared about Trump's allegations. No one cared about any of these conservative politicians' allegations. No one cared about Madison Cawthorn's allegations. Um... The new congressman from North Carolina, you know, he's, um, he has quite a few allegations against him also. He has had them for quite some time now, but no one cared. No one cared. I don't know. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about, um, okay, I actually got through that quicker than I thought I was going to, so I'm pretty happy. Um, let's go to, um, let's talk about... Um, the, the Grand Theft Auto ban. This is such a stupid story, but it is, it has entered, it, it is entertaining to me, and it, again, it speaks to a bigger concern. Not, not so much. Anyway, so let's get right into the mess, right? So, in Illinois, we, we have Marcus C. Evans. So, he's a state assemblyman. <clears throat> Marcus C. Evans Jr. So, we got Marcus. He has proposed... House Bill 3531, and that is um, a bill that he is trying to get pushed forward, which is to prohibit the sale of quote-unquote violent video games <coughs> to minors. Um, and why is he doing this? Because there has been an uptick in carjackings in Chicago. So, um, and he, and, and, and he, in his statements have said, you know, he's blaming Grand Theft Auto. That's literally what he's saying. He's saying because Grand Theft Auto is, you're out there carjacking, that that's why people are out here in the Chicago streets carjacking. Please, Marcus, what is wrong with you? If people were honestly, like, no, no. You know what you should have waited for? You should have waited for if helicopter jackings were on the rise. Because that's, because... (laughs) Because that's what you do in Grand Theft Auto. Carjacking, that's that's like child's play. Helicopter now the helicopter, that's 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 next level in Grand Theft Auto. So if you start seeing helicopter jackings, once those numbers go up, Marcus, then you might have a leg to stand on. Currently, you don't. So now, how weird, though, because he has violent video games, in quotes, and it's like, what defines a violent game? You know, because, you know, some of these teen-rated games 
are pretty violent. Tekken, Soul Calibur, those are pretty violent. And so, you know, it's kind of like, and those games are pretty popular, but he thinks Grand Theft Auto is the most, um, the most to blame for carjackings. Um, Grand Theft Auto V, to be specific, like he, he, he actually named that game, which is kind of weird to me, because why would a game that came out in 2013 be the cause of more carjackings in 2021? Like, do, do you hear, like, is, is, is this sounding stupid yet? Is it, like, at what point does this sound stupid? Um, so, in Marcus's <coughs> bill, he, he says, um, da, 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 da. he says that the General Assembly finds that minors who play violent video games are more likely to, one, exhibit <coughs> violent, asocial, and aggressive behavior, two, experience feelings of aggression, Three, experience a reduction of activity in the frontal lobes of the brain, which is responsible for controlling behavior. Marcus, who, who came up with this for you? Who did you get to actually, to, like, who, who are you quoting? Who are you citing? I need to know which, which psychologists are you speaking to? Like, was a neurologist brought, brought in to determine this? And what is the study? What is the criterion by which you decided that this was fact? So much so that you decide to try to change a law. Like, I need more information. Marcus, this is a big waste of time. Um, at this point, Marcus, you need to get a job. You need to get a job. A job that's not doing this. Because this is not what you're good at. You, you are not doing your job properly. If you think that a game that came out eight years ago is responsible for what is happening today in your Chicago streets. I'm sorry, Marcus. And you're wasting everyone's time doing this. No one wants to read this. No one wants to read this new amendment you have that you're trying to push. The assembly people don't, don't want to read it. And I don't want to read it. Like, no one wants to read it. Um, I saw online, I did a little research, and I guess apparently he used to be a real estate appraiser. I'm going to need you to go back to that. I need you to go back to that because, because being a state assemblyman and because you aren't state assembling, you're, 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 you're not doing it right. This is stupid. This is dumb. So this touches on a bigger topic to me. And the topic is raise your own children. Um, so... You know how whenever something bad happens, politicians and conservatives and religious figures always have a scapegoat. They always have someone to blame for, you know, the, the misfortune that has befallen the earth. So, for example, like this in Chicago... Carjackings are up apparently. So who's to blame? Grand Theft Auto, right? Not drugs, not, you know, not anything tangible, but Grand Theft Auto, right? Now, remember, now anytime there's a hurricane or anything like that, who do the religious people say is to blame? The homosexuals, right? Because God is mad at homosexuals for doing what they're doing, whatever it is that we're doing. I mean, I don't really know. <laughs> So we are to blame for hurricanes. I, I, I think we're to blame for the wildfires in California too, right? Like you could turn on any religious channel, find Pat Robertson talking about it, find like a Joyce Meyer type of person talking about it, anyone on TVN. And 
Um, and they will tell you that this is why God is mad um, at homosexuals, so he's burning everyone's house, <laughs> I guess. Um, and then, not only that, when I say people need to raise your own children, it's like you control what your child, at least, at least that's what one would think. You, one would think that you control, you as a parent, control what your child consumes, right? You would think that that's what the case is. So how come parents are always so up in arms about the entertainment industry doing what they do, which is entertain? It's like not everything is going to be made for your, for your spawn. Not everything is going to be made for your offspring. Not everything is going to be family friendly. That's why these organizations like the Family Friendly Council or Focus on the Family um, is like stupid to me because not everything is made for 10-year-olds, not everything is made for six-year-olds. Um, like, hello. So when I say raise your own children, it's like be a parent and, and you know, take a little accountability for what your child consumes. You know, it's, it, I just really don't understand. Like, re, re, remember when the WAP video came out and everyone had so much to say about it? Like, oh, is this what feminism is now? Um, or like, think about the children. Like, like you think about your children. Yes, please think about your own children. Think about what they consume. Why are you relying, raise your own children. Why are you relying on the entertainment industry to raise your children for you? Cause you don't want to do it. That's what it is. You just don't want to do it. You want, I feel like there's lots of social capital that comes with raising a child. No, I'm sorry. There's social capital that comes with, with, with birthing a child. Yes, there is social capital that comes with that. But no one wants to do the work. No one wants to do the work. I know I don't. That's why I don't have any kids. But people who have kids clearly don't want to do the work. Because if you're going to blame everyone else for your child's actions, for your child's entertainment industry consumption, then, then, then what are you doing? What are you doing? You need to give that child back. That's what you need to do. Anyway, moving on. <clears throat> so let's move on to... Um, I don't think I'm going to make it to um, two of these subjects at hand. Corona Watch and voter suppression in Iowa, you guys might have to be on the back burner. So let's... Let's go to Harry and Meghan. Let's talk about Harry and Meghan. I'm very excited to talk about this, you guys. Um, so if you don't know, which would be pretty weird if you don't, but Harry and Meghan, they went on Oprah and they're talking about, and they're, they're not really spilling the beans. It's kind of like they, they just kind of dropped the can of beans, but the top is still on. So nothing was really spilled. They just made a little noise. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's like they didn't really say much. They didn't really say anything that that anyone didn't already think was true. So what? So what? So what are we talking about? We're talking about. <clears throat> we're talking about the same thing we've been talking about ever since their engagement was announced. So Megan is, you know, she her mom is black, her father is white, and people from the get go were sort of like, oh, how's this gonna work? Wow, we got a black chick in the royal family? Wow, wow. It's like, please. And let's be clear, she is like, she's like barely black, you guys. I mean, come on, 
on now. Come on. I wouldn't think that she was black if I just saw her on the street. I would think she was just white with a tint. Like, maybe, maybe if I saw her up close, I don't know. But just based on the pictures, based on the video, like, there are Europeans that are darker than she is. Um, so, like, she looks more, more white than some of, like, than some white friends that I have. So it's kind of like, like, wow, they're, they're, they're treating her like the British press is treating her like this. And she's, like, barely black. You know what I mean? Like, imagine if she were, like, imagine if she looked, imagine if she looked black. Like, ooh, how bad would that be? But anyway, so Oprah interviewed these two. And the biggest thing to come out of the whole thing is um, the part where Megan said, oh, there were discussions about how dark my baby's skin might be. And who's surprised? No one's really that surprised that that was a conversation held by members of the royal family, right? Like, no one's really that surprised. Um... Oprah was like, what, what, Oprah, you're not surprised at that either. Oprah was doing a lot for the cameras then. She was literally like, wow, I can't believe that. Like, you can't believe that, Oprah? That's not shocking to me. And then do you remember that part where Oprah was like, oh, so Megan, were you silent or were you silenced? And she literally said it like that. She's doing too much for the cameras. Um, <coughs> Oprah was, I don't know. I mean, but anyway, back to Harry and Meghan. So Meghan said this about um, the alleged talks about the, uh, about the skin color of her child. She said that to Oprah before Harry came out to join her for the interview. So when Harry comes out to join her for that interview... Oprah is like, oh, so Harry, um, who was talking about the skin color of the baby? And he says, yes, that was a topic of conversation and that he's the one who told Megan this was a topic of conversation. And so when Oprah said, who said it? He was like, oh, I'm not saying. So to me, I'm kind of like, Megan, were you supposed to say that? You clearly were not supposed to say that. You know what I mean? Um, I feel like it's very interesting watching. I mean, it's, I don't know. Interesting is not the word I'm looking for. I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. I guess it's intriguing. It intrigues me. The, the fact that they did this interview but said nothing. Like, you did a whole... Apparently, this interview is three hours long. Three and a half hours long. Oprah, where is the unedited footage? Like, I want to see it. I would pay for CBS's little ghetto streaming service to watch this interview. I honestly would. Because some of the other stuff that they were talking about, little piddly things that no one cares about, like when Megan was like, oh, I have to bow even in private to the queen. Like, stuff like that I'm interested in. Um, probably no one else's, but I would like to, you know, watch that, that stuff because that's interesting to me. But, um, but yeah, <clears throat> um, I lost my train of thought too. Mm-mm-mm. But anyway, yeah, they said absolutely nothing really new. They said absolutely nothing really so earth shattering. It's, it's, it's just weird to me 
how, like, no one's surprised. Oprah's not surprised. I'm not surprised. You listening to this, you're not surprised. You know, the lady who bagged the groceries isn't surprised. And the guy that's doing your taxes is not surprised. No one's surprised the fact that, that the royal family is concerned about a potential, what, quarter black baby? Quarter black? I mean, 15% black? <laughs> Come on, you guys. Like, no one's surprised about that. Because what is the royal family built on? The royal family is built on colonialism. The royal family is built on... Let's talk about how the royal family is built on inbreeding. Let's discuss... Let's really discuss how strange it is. It's not even strange. But let's talk about how disgusting it is. The fact that they're afraid of, uh, of a little blackness in their, in their bloodline. But you're not afraid of a little incest. Let's, let's really be honest. Let's be honest and discuss the fact that Elizabeth and Philip, the, the, the queen and her husband, they are cousins. They are literal cousins, you guys. So they, you know, they're not first cousins, but they're like second cousins. They're both descendants of Victoria. Um, so therefore, they are related. Hello, they are related. They call Victoria the mother of Europe or the grandmother of Europe because she she actually did because she lived for a long time, had a lot of kids, and they all married into various royal families across Europe. You know, you got Germany, you got France, you got I mean like like they are everywhere. Victoria's descendants. They they were in Russia. Um so it's like they're all kind of related. You know what I mean? Like, they're all related. So, it's funny to me <clears throat> that you're concerned about some blackness, but you're not afraid of, of incest. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that, that's so nasty. And that just shows how racist they really are. You know? It, it's like, I'd rather, you know, I, I'd rather stick my dick in my cousin than than a black... You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you'd rather do that. You'd rather do incest than, than have a little bit of genetic diversity. Than have a little bit of genetic diversity. I mean, there's a reason why Prince William's going bald. He's not even 40. Come on now. Honestly, there's a reason why they all kind of look weird. Like, they all look weird. And that's, you know, that's a consequence of inbreeding. Hello, we all watch The Hills Have Eyes. That's what happens. That's what happens. I mean, it's a good thing now that they're sort of, you know, venturing out. Um, actually, not even, because the Middletons are sort of, I mean, they aren't cousins of the royal family, but, you know, their lineage, I mean, I don't know. They, they, that family's been involved with the royal family for quite a few generations already. So, I mean, I don't know, you guys. <laughs> It's disgusting. And then how weird. I was shocked that even. I was more surprised that this marriage was even allowed. First of all. I could not believe it. Honestly. Truly. I really couldn't believe it. I know that they are venturing out. But again. Megan is divorced. She was married once before. And she, she has a whole black mother. now, and, and she's American. So to me. I was like. This isn't going to happen. But it did. How crazy is that? That Like, that's the most surprising. And again, here's another thing that I'm just surprised about. Um, 
the fact that, I mean, well, it's not that surprising now that I think about it. You know, again, it surprised me that this marriage was even allowed. But let's talk about Elizabeth and her marriage to Philip. How that surprised me even. Now, they, they were married in the 50s. I think the early 50s. Yeah, definitely the early 50s. By the way, Philip is turning 100 this summer. <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Um, so we are coming off of World War II in the early 50s. And so if you're going to be the Queen of England, Elizabeth was not yet queen when she married Philip. Her father was still alive. But obviously, you know, you know that you're next in line because your father don't got any more kids. So (laughs) it's like if you're going to be the Queen of England and we're just coming off of World War II... Do you marry a German? Is that what you do? <laughs> is, that, is that what you do to instill faith in the people? Like, how weird is that, right? It's because let's, let's really talk about it. Philip is German, okay? Okay, Philip is a literal German. He's half German, half Greek. Um, his sisters married Nazis. They, they were married to Nazis. Um, so it's kind of like, how is that marriage even allowed? You know, so it's like you're you royal family. You're you're okay with marrying people with Nazi ties, but you're not afraid of marrying someone with a little bit of blackness. Like, where where is the cutoff? Like, at what point is it too much? What is something that is too much for them to actually accept? Maybe if Megan looked more black, it'd be it would be a problem. I don't know. I really don't know. Because, so, Nazi, fine. <laughs> Black-ish, fine. Like, what What isn't fine? Maybe, I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Um, it's just very strange. It's all very strange. Um, so, I am good. I am happy for them, though. I'm happy for them that they are officially stepping away. Um, I think it's wise on their part. You know, Megan was talking about how her mental health was sort of going out the window. And I mean, I'm not surprised. Like she was talking about, was she pregnant or did she like just have their first baby? Because she's pregnant now. I can't remember if she said if she was pregnant or if she just had the baby when she was having thoughts of suicide. It wouldn't surprise me in the slightest bit, especially if she had just had the, the baby. Because when women just have baby, like, your, your mind, like, something, like, postpartum is real, you guys. Like, I'm not a woman. I'm not having any babies. Um, but that is so real. Just that, that, that feeling of being afraid. Like, because you're caring for another life. Um, so it doesn't surprise me at all that she had those, that she had those feelings. And at that point, you gotta go. You gotta go. Because no royal family is more important than you trying to be there for your kid. You know what I mean? So it's like, good for you. Again, I stand with whistleblowers. I stand with sexual abuse people. They, they, they immediately have my support. Um, the only thing that Harry annoyed me with is like, oh, we're cut off financially. Shut up, Harry. Like, you, you, you are Harry. Like, you will make money, okay? Just, just jump on a reality show. Honestly, I'm surprised they haven't jumped on a reality show yet. Um, 
Imagine that would be the perfect thing for them. Just jump on a reality show. Live low-key, honestly. And, I mean, because, you know, and when I say live low-key, I mean, like, live well below your means. Because you're never going to escape cameras. But here in America, they're going to be much kinder to the both of you. Um, Now, let's talk about um, some people's responses to Harry and Meghan. (coughs) So, political pundit um, Ben Shapiro. Anyone, anyone who knows who Ben Shapiro is, you know that he's like he's really he's just weird. You got it's just a weird. I I really don't know any other way to describe it. He's one of those conservatives that says that racism doesn't exist because of the Civil Rights Act. Like he literally says that. Um, he's one of those conservatives that says that he's okay with trans people. Basically, as long as they don't have any rights. Like, thats he's one of those types of people. And so he's basically, like, siding with the royal family. He's like, oh, um, Harry's going against his family. He's much worse than Meghan. And he says that Meghan married into the family for, like, a meal ticket. I'm just like, wasn't she on a TV show? Like, look, I I don't know if she was on a TV show. Supposedly she can't act. But it's kind of like... How are you, as an American conservative, standing with the royal family of Great Britain? It's <laughs> That's weird to me, um, because if you're this patriot, if you're this American, do you stand with the government that people fought to be rid of? Like, is that what you do? I guess that's what you do when you're a conservative because, I mean, because the royal family, excuse me, the royal family is the epitome of conservatism. I mean, come on, come on now, come on now, honestly. They are the epitome of conservatism because you keep everything in the family, you know, you do your, you, you do your cousins, and you don't like black people, you're great with colonialism, um, you know, you'll strip someone else's home of all their resources and leave them with nothing and be surprised when when they dive headlong into chaos. It's like, hello, hello. It sounds, it sounds quite American to me, honestly. It sounds quite American. But the Brits did it before us. The Brits did it first. So it's like, okay, Ben. And then the funniest part was Pierce Morgan. Now, we all know Pierce Morgan is racist. We all know he's like, you know, he thinks women are sort of below him. You know, we know this. Um, So on Good Morning Britain, Alex Beresford, another um, host, he's like, you know, Pierce, you've been saying a lot about Megan, and you questioned if she, you know, even felt feelings of suicide. And what did Pierce do? He said, said, nope, nope, I'm not going to talk about it. And then he walked off the show. How random. Like... What is going on here? You know, he made all these comments, said that she probably didn't actually feel the way that she claims she does. And then, and then he quit the show. (laughs) So, you know, I'm happy about that. So, Harry and Meghan, I stand with you. You guys have my support. I I hope you jump on a reality show. I truly do hope you jump on a reality show. And next time you do an interview, can, can you please actually spill some beans don't just drop a bean can that you haven't already opened up because, like, you didn't say much. You didn't say much. Um, but you know what? Ask 
actually, now that I think about it, maybe this is a really smart thing to do. I, I literally just changed my mind about this whole... Maybe that's a really smart thing to do. Give us a little bit. Give us a little, little, little bit. Like, they barely gave us anything. Um, and now, and, and everyone's talking about it. We, you, you can't, you can't go anywhere without hearing someone talking about Harry and Meghan, right? You know what? Maybe they, maybe they played this exactly correct and I'm the dummy. Yeah, actually, that's exactly what I think. I'm the, put the clown face on me, you guys. They did it right. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, because they could come out with a little more later. And then maybe a little bit more. But, mm, I don't know, be, be careful, Harry and Meghan. You guys need security. Because, Harry, they, they killed your mom. They will kill you too. Next. <laughs> Moving right along. So, here we go. We got the trial. The trial. So, so unless you're, I don't know. I don't know how you wouldn't know. But we all know that George Floyd was... Killed by police officer in Minneapolis, Derek Chauvin. I think that's how you say his name. Um, kneeling on his neck. Um, da 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 da. So now the trial is well. The trial hasn't started yet. <clears throat> what has happened is they are starting to pick the jurors. Now this is probably the most important. Yeah, yeah, actually. So, as for the jurors, this is the most important part. So, we don't know... So, there's not much to say about the trial itself as of this point. There's not much to say. Because nothing's happened, right? But, let's talk about what we do know. We know what the charges are. Second-degree manslaughter and second-degree murder. We're actually still waiting on... This is, this is the very interesting thing. So the, the judge over the case is Judge Peter Cahill. So let's keep him in mind. We got Judge Peter. Um, so I said to myself, all right, well, who is Judge Peter? Because who the judge is matters so much. Let's talk about something a similar case. I imagine that these comparisons will be made in the coming weeks, in the coming months, probably long after this trial is over, but they're probably going to compare this to the Rodney King case. I imagine that this is so similar to me. These two cases, it's it's so similar to me. Um, it's almost the same thing. It So, if you don't know what happened in L.A., in 1992, so in 1991, Rodney King, he was um, a guy, he's black, a black man, and he, he he was being thrown around, beat, kicked, spit on um, excessively by a number of police officers, and a guy named George Holliday just so happened to live across the street from where the incident took place. He said he had just, like, just bought this new camcorder. And he heard all the sirens. He heard a commotion. So he said, and it was in the middle of the literal night. He said he and his wife were woken up. 
He jumped up, got that camera, and said, I don't know what I'm going to film, but I'm going to film it. Because, you know, it's 1991. A camcorder, that's a, that, that's a big deal, you know what I mean? <laughs> so he's filming it, not knowing what is going on. All he knows is this is a mess. All he knows is this is a mess. Um, you can watch this video. You can watch it on YouTube. You can watch it anywhere. So... This is literally the world's first viral video. This is the world's first instance of capturing police brutality on camera. Imagine what happened before. Imagine what happened. I mean, we, know, we see what happens in 2020 and 2021 when we have dash cams, when we have body cams. We see what happens when we do have cameras. Imagine what happens when we didn't have cameras. So he catches this horrific incident. I mean, you look at the pictures before and after and you're like, who is this person? Anyway, so let me go through some details of what was happening in L.A., what was happening with the case and how it turned to a big old mess, and how I think that this new, that this George Floyd case is going to turn to a big old mess too. So <clears throat> let's, let's discuss. So Rodney King, beaten like crazy. Um, police officers are going to get put on trial. Now we have this going on. Let's talk about a completely unrelated incident that happened before the Rodney King case was starting. We have a 15-year-old girl. She was black. Latasha Harlins. She goes into a Korean-owned, like, corner store. Um, on the corner store's surveillance footage, you, you aren't entirely sure what is going on. Um, let the store owner tell it she was trying to steal. Um, but let the camera footage tell it. I mean, it doesn't look like that really. I mean, she's at the counter. She puts her items on the counter. Um, so it's kind of like, how did it go so wrong? So you see them sort of. Um, fighting over an object. You know, when you, two people have their hands on something and you're sort of trying to break the other person's grip? That's what we see. And then we see the, the store owner, who is a Korean woman. Um, I will say her name because her name needs to be known because she's a little murderer. Um, shot, shot the girl in the back of the head. Dead. Dead. Right there. A 15-year-old girl. Over what? What if she... So even if she was stealing, what was she stealing? An orange juice? Do you kill someone over an orange juice? So we have that. Now, the Latasha Harlins case was quick. The woman... Let me find her name because I, I have to say it. So the woman who shot her, Soon Jadu... She was the owner of the corner store. So, remember when I said that the judge is important and the jury is important. We'll talk about why both are important, but let's talk but let's first talk about why the judge 
is important. So, who was the judge over the Latasha Harlan's murder? We have Judge Joyce Carlin. So, she was the judge um, when it came to the case against Soon Jadu for the murder of Latasha Harlan's. So, what is the verdict? The jury said, we want 16 years for Soon Jadu. And Judge Joyce says, you know what? You know what? I hear what you're saying, but I'm going to give her 400 hours of community service, some, some little fine, and like 5 or 10 or 15 years probation. She didn't get no jail time. A girl was dead. Now, uh, but let's not play games. A black girl was dead. A black girl was dead. So, naturally, who cares, right? Who, who cares when it's a black person, right? Who cares when it's a 15-year-old black girl in the hood, right? Like, who cares, right? So, outrage. Outrage with the public. And then even more outrage when not too long after Judge Joyce, she's, preside, she's presiding over a case involving a man kicking a dog and he got 30 days in jail. He got 30 days in jail for kicking a dog, but soon Jadu got, got community service for killing a black girl. Because again, who cares, right? So that's why I say the judge is important. She, this store owner got away with murder. She killed that girl. And for what? Over an orange juice? Over a bag of Skittle? Killed her. Dead. Done. Next. So, now, the Rodney King case is coming. It's starting. Remember, we're on the heels of a black girl being murdered and no one caring. No one caring enough. No one caring enough to actually sentence this woman. No one caring at all. So, when it comes to the Rodney King case, none of the officers got jail time. None of them got jail time. How, I mean, not how funny, but how expected. It's like, well, of course they didn't get any jail. Of course they didn't get any jail time, even though it was on video. Latasha Harland was on video. No one cared. Why would anyone care? Again, when it's a black person, who cares, right? No one cares. Now, let's talk about why I say the jury is important. The jury is very important. Now, the Rodney King trial was moved. It was moved from L.A. courthouse to Simi Valley courthouse. Simi Valley is an L.A. suburb, an all-white suburb. Now, imagine the optics... When you are looking at a black man uh, who is, who, who's, whose life is being defended by the courts against white officers and the jury is all white, because that was the case. The jury was all white. Imagine those optics and remember what I said? Who cares? Who cares when it's a black person, right? Right? 
We already saw that with Latasha Harlins. We saw that. We saw that no one cared. And we saw again that no one cared when the all-white jury decided to not convict the white officers because, again, who cares when it's a black person being killed? Who cares? And then what, what, what happens almost immediately, literally immediately after that case was decided, everyone was watching. They say the world was, was watching. I, I was a, you know, I, I was like a fetus then, but everyone was watching. And then LA Mayhem. And you can actually watch, um, there's two documentaries on Netflix about it. Um, and it is a sight. It is a sight. You have to watch them. I think one is called LA 92. The other one, it'll come up once you search the other one. So watch those and watch both. They show basically the same footage, but different interviews. And both are riveting. So you have to watch those. But that is why I say the jury is important. So now, how does this relate to the George Floyd, um, Derek Chauvin case? So we got Derek Chauvin, the white officer who was, who killed George Floyd. Now we have the judge. Remember, the judge is important. So we got Peter, Judge Peter, right? So who was Judge Peter appointed by? Now, because remember, you don't just become a judge by like going on Indeed and like judge wants like no <laughs> you have to be appointed so he was appointed by former Republican um governor of Minnesota Tim Pawlenty so now you guys if if <laughs> if a conservative ever is like endorsing me if a Republican is ever endorsing me Take me out. Take me out. I gotta go. Like, you, you gotta do away with me by any means necessary because that means I'm doing something very wrong and very against what I stand for. So when I saw that, that he was appointed by a Republican, I was like, oh, goodness. Here we go. Like, I'm just like, uh, so immediately I thought the whole case was lost. But then I said, all right, well, let me keep on looking. So, something, so, you know, just to look into what Judge Peter has done, um, you know, there was a little, a, a little Black Lives Matter case in 2015, um, where some protesters were charged with trespassing and unlawful assembly and disorderly conduct and, Um, and he chose to dismiss them. So to me, that was kind of like, all right, well, yeah, you were endorsed by a Republican, but maybe you are okay. You know, maybe you're okay. Um, you know, uh, but uh, again, that's just one thing. Um, and one side, side note, look at Judge Peter's teeth. He looks Terrible. But anyway, back to the point. <laughs> back to the point at hand. Um, yeah, I'm not going to get to any of these other talking points, you guys. But anyway, let, let me try to get through this real quick-like. Um, so, again, we're, we're, we're talking about the judge is important, right? 
So we, so we're, I'm kind of so-so on Peter, on Judge Peter. I'm not too, 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 too sure. Him being endorsed by a Republican is like real bad. But this little Black Lives Matter thing five years ago where he dismissed them. Okay, maybe, mm, maybe. Now we're talking about the jurors, right? So we have just started jury selection. Um, there was some incident. It, it wasn't really an incident. It was more like, so two potential jurors, um, we're not sure if they are jurors yet. Both are Hispanic, Latin. The prosecution and the defense want both of them to be dismissed um, for various reasons. The Hispanic man says that he, he immediately during the interview said that the officer's guilty. And then the woman, both sides want out because she, she says herself, she doesn't really know English. She and her husband had to go through the questionnaires just so she could answer it um, and appear properly, you know, for her court date. So it's like, you know, should she be a juror? Um, I don't see why not. We don't have interpreters. You know what I mean? Like, we don't have interpreters. I think she should be a, a, a juror. Um, she herself says that she doesn't think she should be a juror. And, you know, I mean, you know, people are probably trying not to be part of this case. Honestly, who would want to be a part of this case? I wouldn't. Like, you're not going to be able to go to back to work for a long time. You know, you know this case is going to be, it's going to take 10,000 years, especially with Corona, right? So you know this case is going to take forever. Um, so who wants to be a part of it? We have some political people, some conservative political people saying that the jurors are afraid. They're, 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 they're afraid of public pressure that they've been threatened. I'm just like, what? How do you even know that? <laughs> like, we don't even have jurors yet. And let's pretend that all that is true. I mean, again, conservatives, you're going to have to pick one. Because you guys have nothing to say when these, you know, really big finance guys are on trial. And they do their dirt with their jurors, paying people off, paying off judges. We know this happens. We know that that happens. But you're silent on that. So, mm, conservatives, once again, once again, pick one. You're going to have to pick one. Because both of these things cannot exist at the same time. Um, and then let's talk a little bit about the prosecution. So, who is the prosecutor? We got Keith Ellison. He's an interesting person to me. Um, Keith Ellison. So, he's the, attorney, he's the attorney general of Minnesota. He's black, and, um, you know, he, uh, what's there to say about him? Not a whole lot. Um, he's black, so I imagine, actually, there's quite a bit to say about him. And, please, I got less than five minutes left. What a mess. So, I am kind of excited to see what goes down with Mr. Keith here, because, so, he is black. He's also Nation of Islam. Now, if you don't know what Nation of Islam is, I do not have enough time to explain, but here's the Cliff Notes version. A bunch of black people who 
um, take on Arab names. They're, they are, and they are Muslim. Um, it really sprang forth during the 30s and the 40s with Elijah Muhammad. Malcolm X was a member. Um, the Nation of Islam has lots of ties with civil rights leaders. They are, they are kind of, I mean, they kind of teeter the line between, you know, like, they're not a black supremacist group, but, I mean, some people would say they are. I don't, I don't really think so. Some things that Elijah Muhammad, I mean, I'm sorry, some things that the current leader, Louis Farrakhan, says, I kind of like, but then other parts I don't. Like, they're very much against, you know, gay people. They're very much against trans people. They kind of think that women should just be in the home. You know, I'm not really for all that at all. I'm not for that at all. <laughs> Um, but the equality stuff, I like that, that stuff. So I really do think that Mr. Keith here, he's going to go real hard. Like he is going to be pushing. Um, so that kind of gives me hope for the case, but you know, so as for the case, we know about the judge. (coughs) We, we, we know about the prosecution. Um, but the key missing point we don't know about the jurors yet. So we just got to wait until we know more about, uh, about the jurors. You know, I, um, as for this case, I really want everyone to look up Rodney Kane case, Latasha Harlan's case, and, um, and just so you can see the parallels. It is so similar. How crazy that we have the death of George Floyd and before his trial comes... We have the death of Breonna Taylor, a black female. It's like we have, it's so similar. Like Latasha Harlins was killed before the Rodney King case. And now we got Breonna Taylor before, like right before this case. The political climate is very similar. It all looks very bleak. It all looks very, you know, dark and dank. But... I have more hope for this case than I ever could have for those two cases in 1992. Um, those cases in 1992 surprised me not one bit. Um, and I mean, I think I'm so-so on George Floyd case. Um, but again, we got to see who those jurors are. Um, let's just hope that they don't try to do some crazy tactics like moving the case to a different courthouse. Let's, let's hope that we keep everything by the book, um, so we can have, like, a real trial, not some fake, like, shim-sham, flippity-flam type of trial, like how Rodney King's was, um, but anyway, you guys, I got, like, a minute left, so thank you for listening, you guys, um, look up LA in 1992, and I will see you in the next one, bye-bye!